Hey y'all, this is Alex Tan. And this is Aram Campillo. And you're listening to the Mouthwash Podcast. A breath of fresh air when you need it most. Abe, how's that uh, Taco Bell sitting? Uh, so far, so good. We'll we'll see tomorrow morning if that still holds up, though. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't gas the guests out of the room. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. We're already on a good start, but no, I'm really excited today. I think uh, I I think I'm excited every single time we do this because we like have a tremendous amount of talent um, for this season on the podcast. Uh, but today, we're actually specifically talking to somebody who. Um, has an extensive background and portfolio in um, fashion and music and um, commercial photography and has like a really awesome past experience uh, outside of, you know, creative, I think. And she uh, continues to like push the envelope in a lot of ways and somebody that I've been like following for a really long time. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited to like kind of get to know her. Yeah, I agree. And it's like one of the things we were looking at um, besides just her work is like her story and her background. Is, I feel like it's really unique and um, a big reason why we wanted to get her out here. And uh, whenever I messaged her and saw that she was down, uh, even though she took a little bit longer to respond than most because <laughs> <laughs> she's busy. But um, yeah, when she, whenever she said she was down, I was super stoked. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and welcome Emery. Emery. Uh, and how do you pronounce your last name, Emery? Traffy. Okay, Traffy. Emery Traffy. <laughs> How are you doing, Emery? I'm doing really well. well thanks thank for joining you. us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, you're here local in LA. You're able to like, kind of like walk down to the, the studio. And I think we're really just excited to talk to you about like your past. And like, we don't want to give away too much. We'll probably just let you like tell the story. But uh, what are like, how, uh, give us the lowdown on where you kind of started and like how you're here now talking to us. Man, <laughs> the lowdown. Define the lowdown. Just every the basics. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, just the basics, and yeah. you can go into detail. I think, okay. it, like, essentially, if it tells your story and you know can teach us something, then we're all down for it. How did you get to the point at where you're at now? Because I feel like no one wakes up like in that spot, or no one like I, I like at least I didn't even see myself a year ago being here, um, which is really funny to say. Um, but yeah, like you started in the Navy, if I'm correct, and now you're a photographer. Well, so. even before that. Yeah. How did so things go before that? Right. So I always blame it on my mom. This is definitely a recurring <laughs> answer that I've realized I give. She was really creative. She painted everything in the house. She was always like, she always had me doing all these projects. Like everything I did was like science fair projects were always the most like detailed, intricate dioramas and second grade were always the ones that everyone was like, your mom did that. And I was like, nah, she inspired me, but yeah. I did this. <laughs> uh, so my mom for sure um, got me that, that creative bug. The that, disease. The disease that kind of got me on a, a path of wanting to do something that was satisfying creatively. Hmm. Um, turns out I had a deeper bug, which was called patriotism, I would label it, I think. Um, I joined the Marines after high school. Um, that was four years of being a combat correspondent, which included shooting video, shooting photo, kind of the whole range of what a, a broadcast um, television station would do. Cool. And that's where I learned the skills, learned um, how to shoot with DSLR cameras, learned 
all of the basics of writing and um, public affairs and speaking for television and speaking for radio and writing for radio and um, a lot of journalism-based stuff. So then I naturally decided to go to school for journalism after I got out of the Marines. Um, I went to Emerson College in Boston, um, actually almost solely because their college radio station, 88.9, used to play in my hometown of New Hampshire when I was growing up. Oh my gosh. What was their, like, if you don't mind me to interrupt, you got to say it. What was their, like, ring line? Or, like, (laughs) what was their line? So it was, it (laughs) was, like, like, it was, it was was W-E-R-S, W-E-R-S. In radio, we say our W's. (laughs) (laughs) W. Um, But it was, honestly, they played all my favorite bands that no other radio station was playing. I was a huge Modest Mouse fan. Oh, man. I remember that. I would hear them on the radio and be like, what radio station is this? (laughs) And it was these college kids at Emerson who were playing all the cool indie music that was on all the TV shows. And it, it wasn't that, like, out of their range. But in my mind, as, like, a girl from a small town, like, I didn't think anyone else listened to this music. Mm -hmm. So that kind of sold me on the college, and then by the time I got there, I was a little over the radio station because I had been doing radio for four years. But I studied journalism and minored in political science and took a lot of photography classes while I was there. The darkroom is kind of what sold me on photography, really. Nice. Um, Spending a semester in there was one of the most rewarding experiences I had in college. It's probably one of the highlights and after that I came to LA and I started shooting I think that was that was the the final straw for me what inspired you to like out of all places come to LA because there's a lot of people that move out here but they all kind of have like different reason what was it for you that made you like go literally across the country because you're in New Hampshire right uh, which is very far away extremely opposite pretty much (laughs) you're in the states um L.A. was never really that interesting to me, to be honest. It was, uh, Emerson offered a, what would you call it, a study abroad or like a, a study off external yeah. program. Um, mm-hmm. And they have an L.A. campus right next to us. It's about, it's around the corner. And I decided to do my last semester um, at Emerson in L.A. And you have to do an internship while you're at this campus. And so I was interning at this production company that's, also down the street on Sunset and That's Vine. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything's right here. <laughs> I would walk. I would walk from the class to my internship, cool. and I was at that internship for the semester. And I went home for Christmas, and they called me, and they were like, "Hey, it was like Christmas Eve," and she was like, "We want to hire you. I know this is really like bad timing. It's Christmas Eve, but we just wanted to catch you before the holidays got into full swing because we want you to come back at the beginning of January." So I went back, came back to L.A. and had a job. And I don't know, it was it was cool. It was like, well, I didn't really choose this, but I'm here. And I started to explore L.A. through that. Nice. And so you've been here for, so you've been working in L.A. for how long now? Like after college? Right. So I got here in August 2014 and I started working in L.A. in January 2015. And you just jumped like straight into like freelance pretty much, right? Um, technically, no. So I was hired at this production company. I went through a series of jobs there. Okay. I uh, started... So the production company is... Um, it's all commercials and music videos. 
And I was just like every other kid straight out of film school, and I wanted to shoot music videos. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's like the most yes. common thing I hear. Like everyone wants to work. You wanted the Vimeo staff pick. <laughs> I wanted the yeah. Vimeo staff pick so bad. I wanted, um, I wanted to work for like all of the production companies that were. I wanted. I didn't realize like how directors on rosters worked and stuff. None of that was in my mind. I just want wanted to work at one of the production companies that was making these music videos that Hiro Mirai was directing oh, and yeah. all of these like really incredible like music directors that were pushing the envelope and doing different things with yeah. music videos. And I think that's where like a lot of film kids get inspired. And yeah. so that was me. I was so ready to just start shooting music videos. So I was working as a post-production assistant in the post-production offices at this commercial production company that also happened to do some music videos, just kind of hoping I could squeeze my way into like that little niche. But um, it didn't really suit me that well, being in the dark editing bay for that yeah. long. <laughs> um, so I ended up switching to their vault manager. I was in charge of all their hard drives and keeping things. I was on the computer from really good. Digital tech. the in completely digital tech. Um, just organizing, backing up, um, working on their website, and their website started to become a little bit more of a task because they redid their entire website that year, and I became the web manager, and then I pitched a social media manager position because they didn't have one. So I switched my position from vault manager to social media manager, and I created this like extra position, and they raised my salary, they um, gave me a lot of freedom to manage their social media and their website and however really I saw best. Mm. And I definitely had a lot of freedom in that position. I feel like I took advantage of it in some ways. Yeah, I was getting a lot more photography work at that time. So like for example, I was having people who invited me to Coachella to come shoot like all their Coachella looks that they were doing like all these brand sponsored posts. And of course, like I'm getting paid, I get to go to Coachella for free. <laughs> I've all, like this is my dream. So yeah. I'm going to Coachella like Friday to Sunday, one weekend. Next weekend, I'm back at Coachella for more jobs. And that was kind of the final straw. So in April 2016, they were like, all right, <laughs> you're more into photography than you are into us. And we understand that. And um, we're gonna let you go do photography. That's so Dang, funny. that's the second person <laughs> that we've talked to that said that. Yeah, yeah, I love that though. That's crazy. Yeah. So okay. So you're kind of like hopping around, like making all these jobs, and you found that you were like way more consumed with this idea of going out and taking pictures and all that stuff. And now has led you into like shooting solo, essentially. Well, working with teams, but you know, working for yourself, um, and like kind of running around LA. And you're you're here now doing that, right? Um, and so would you say that, I don't really know how to like phrase this question, but it's like, how, like, how do you think the experiences of like, you know, going through, um, the military, going through journalism school, going like working for the production company, thinking you were going to shoot music videos has kind of led you to like where you're at now. And like, do you think that where you are now is like a place that you want to be? I know that's never the answer for like creative people because they always like have like a deeper, greater end goal, but like... A, I guess, how do you think your past experiences have let you, like, kind of where you're at now? And B, like, where do you think you want to go from here? Like, kind of, like, what are your goals from here? Dope. Good yeah. question. <laughs> question. There's definitely a lot in there. It's a loaded question. Yeah, I know. I feel like I kind of make things more complicated than they need to be. Right. No, no, it's good. I like it. It's a good question. It gives you a lot to think about. 
I, I really believe that everything in my life led me to be perfectly equipped for what I'm doing today. Mm. I think that um, I've sort of followed the natural path of things in my life to a certain extent. I don't know how natural joining the Marines after high school is, but for me it was. It was, it was what was on my heart. I prayed about it a lot. Like I put a lot of thought into it, and I'd, I don't think I would have had peace if I didn't do it. And so I think my life, my trajectory has sort of been just following this sounds so this what I'm about to say sounds so like zen and weird to myself but like following like what gives me peace sure right. um that like path it has been really rewarding for me and when I look at my life now I'm a photographer and I shoot fashion and commercial and maybe like branded content stuff occasionally or whatever and like how does that fit in with joining the marines and going to school for journalism and all these different things but like you said, I don't think photography is my end goal necessarily. Yeah. It's something that I really enjoy doing right now and have a lot of passion for and yeah. like I'm enjoying exploring different ways to make it meaningful for me and for other people. I think if I can make it meaningful for me, then it inherently becomes meaningful for other people because creating meaning for yourself, I think, also creates meaning, you know, as a collective. It's um, that goes into like just being all connected as humans and just a common understanding. But um, so I think that, yeah, everything that I've done so far has sort of allowed me, it's given me all these different like things that I can add to what I'm doing right now. Cool. Journalism gives me writing skills. Um, it gives me uh, just research. I, you learn how to ba- ask questions as a journalist and um setting up interviews, all of that stuff that I learned in school, I still use to set up photo shoots or I use my journalism skills to write blog posts or to write copy for a client if I need to write any copy for, you know, captions and stuff. Like there's just all these things that I've done have added up. And also journalism, you're shooting all the time. You're shooting um, things that are really not that fun to shoot. Usually they're like an event in a courthouse or something. Yeah. Like bad lighting and stuff. So I think <laughs> you're like working with like such little yes. amount of resources. <laughs> exactly. So I think after shooting like all like being a journalist for so long, having very little control over what you're shooting translates nice into editorial photography because you now can just have full control and like go crazy. Yeah. So I think um that's why I like shooting street style and shooting on the fly as well because I I feel like that translates well. Like journalism photography and shooting stuff that's a little bit rogue <laughs> like gorilla right. style mm. it works well nice um, it I, all makes yeah. sense now does it <laughs> <laughs> yeah everything background. makes sense like you look at your work and like oh wow like all the dots are connected <laughs> which is cool which i guess is like a good thing like i guess i think that when we take photos um and people are like well what's like the purpose of the meaning of the story behind this i think that sometimes we don't always get to explain that just with a post on instagram or just like sharing something on the internet but i think when we like listen to people and their stories and kind of like their background where they've come from it makes more sense as to like oh this is why you produce the kind of work that you do produce and i think that and every artist's heart like deep down is like kind of the goal it's like these are my experiences and this is kind of what has made me who i am and this is like what i want to share um which is really cool like i think almost every person we've talked to like everything makes sense like they have this story to tell they produce this kind of work and it's like okay the dots are connected like two and two equals four you know like yeah which is super cool like i think it's awesome to to hear that 
Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So you were in both military and are now in the creative industry, um, both. And I can say this um, pretty confidently that they're both kind of male dominant, um, which is sad. Uh, but how do you feel as if you've gone through, um, like, do you feel like you've gone through, like, adversity in, because that you're always the minority and that you're a female? And uh, if, if so, like, what, are some, what is some advice you can give to, to the women out there that are in your position or um, maybe you want to be in the position you're at, you're at now? It's a good question. <laughs> um, just, hit, just hitting you hard. Yeah. No, <laughs> Sorry, you don't mean like question. knock you out of your seat or anything. No, <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel pretty grounded. So, yeah, being a, a woman, I would definitely have to say I, I feel very privileged at, as a person, mm-hmm. as, um, as someone who grew up with, I don't know, a very sheltered, safe, small town. My parents had seven kids. I'm the oldest. Um, we didn't have TV until we were, until I was 10. And even then it was just, you know, like the three main, main channels and we just used it as a VCR Mm. really, um, or as a player for the VCR. So I had a very sheltered upbringing and didn't experience like a whole lot of uh, the world until I was 18 and joined the military. And I think I was a little shocked for sure. Um, boot camp is a shock entirely to anyone yeah. <laughs> um i think i don't know maybe you were raised with military parents and it's not that bad for no you. not me <laughs> um, <laughs> not at all <laughs> <laughs> but right so that that was interesting but you go to boot camp with women so up until that point like it's still women um entirely and you're, i'm a little bit at this point i'm mostly angry that the guys have to run 18 minute three miles and the women have to run under 21 minute three miles. Right. Like it pissed me off that there were separate standards for the Marines because I was like, if you're a Marine, then you should be doing what Marines do. Yeah. There shouldn't be like separate standards for people. And I was kind of like in this lane where like it should all be the same, equal across the board. If you're a woman and you're not fit enough to meet that standard, then you don't get to be in the Marines. Yeah. That's just what the Marines are. And I, I realized that that, that thinking was a little bit backward just because women and men have different bodies. It's just a, our hips are different. They're different spaced apart. The way we run, the way we use our upper body strength, like the way male and female body is, is just different mm-hmm. naturally. Um, and so those, those, cha- like those differences that were um, sort of in the system already made sense with that, I think. Um, they have changed the restrictions now. I think women have to do at least similar, more similar things as far as the physical fitness test goes. So I think that was something that immediately stood out to me as different. There were different standards for men and women. Mm. And that was the first time I think in my life where I saw that. And um, maybe not, like there's sports and stuff. So I guess that's not true. But it was the first time where it really affected me in a way that I felt like I was being unfairly maybe like given an advantage and I didn't want that advantage. Yeah. I wanted to be able to like prove that I was on the same playing field as the guys because they would definitely talk about it. You can, you get a certain amount of points when you're in the military and if you can run an under 21 minute three mile, then you get the max amount of points for that. But if a guy runs a 20 minute three mile, he's not going to get the max amount of points. He's going to mm-hmm. have a lower score on his name than I'm going to have, but he mm-hmm. ran faster than me. So he's going to feel a way about that inherently. Mm-hmm. Or at least in my experience, he felt a way about that inherently. Sure. Multiple different people felt ways about that. 
Um, so I think I experienced just seeing the the feelings that got involved in that. People didn't feel equal. They felt like they were getting um, unfairly, or I was getting unfair progression. I would because then you get rank, you get more money, you get more privileges. Yeah. Like things start to yeah. really play like, into. Like the you didn't want to feel rewarded for like not hitting the same standard as everybody yeah, else right yeah i think that's a very it kind of like feeling. makes you like in a weird spot where you're just like i don't feel like i earned this maybe you mm-hmm. know and i don't know what your personal experience was maybe you did exactly run, no that's you know, definitely how i felt sure but it's like so going. what was your three mile i so my <laughs> you can't just <laughs> not, you can't leave that part talking about it, okay so <laughs> my three mile averaged around 19 minutes okay. i got under 18 when i was like just out of boot camp i was running under 18s for this master sergeant that was destroying us every <laughs> single day he would have us up so early for runs we would be running around the base like everyone knew the marines ran every single day yeah. and we would run for like i don't know how long for as long as he could keep people in the run yeah. If there were still yeah. people running, he was running. So yeah. I ran really fast when I was in in that school. Because you were trying to run away from him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was also, I made myself a road guard because if you're a road guard, then you don't have to like be yelled at by the master sergeant because you're not mm-hmm. in the platoon. So I made myself a road guard, which means like you get to run ahead of the group and then pause and then run ahead of the group and then pause because you're guarding the road so they can okay. run through. Cool. And it gives you this weird, like, uh, interval sprint workout yeah. while everyone's running at a very steady pace. And I think that's what made me a better runner, yeah. technically, yeah. because <laughs> all the road guards were the best runners, but they got better, too. It, sure. was, it was an interesting yeah. thing. Sorry, I'm getting a little off track. No, no, <laughs> regardless of the point system, I can yes. guarantee you, you will score higher than I will. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> out here running, like, a 30-minute. Yeah. Um, that's I mean, pretty generous. Right <laughs> Right now, we I'd probably be in your your thirty minutes for sure. I only run like once a week right now. It's not. I a don't lot. think I'd hey, ever like be in that nineteen minute. Like, <laughs> like I mean, that's hard. Maybe like one mile would average that nineteen, but like doing that back to back. Yeah. Hell no. That's under, you're, getting, <laughs> you're getting under. Se- under like we just talk about Taco sure. Bell. Like under no six. way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, under six minute back to back miles was definitely my. But that's awesome. Yeah. Um, do my you prime. <laughs> Do you feel like uh, the creative industry is similar to that, or do you feel like you haven't mm. really encountered that? Right, so or the rest just, of the question, Yeah, the right? other half. The okay. <laughs> um, in the creative industry, dang, I, I honestly, I get this question too, and I'm not sure. I think maybe because the Marines were so, um, like, uh, they were so distinctly different as far as male and female goes. Yeah. When I got out of the Marines and went to Emerson. Emerson's a really liberal school. Um, It was the complete opposite environment. Like, not only were there no gender distinctions, but there were no, like, or it it was, like, to the point of where gender actually didn't even, you weren't even supposed to talk about gender. Mm -hmm. It was um, not even, like, a topic that we discussed unless we were talking about it within um, a like multicultural literature standpoint where we were talking about transgender studies or different things and we were just discussing like what these struggles are and what people go through. So I think going from the Marines to Emerson was such a different... It could um, only go up, yeah. Yeah, so LA now, I, I like understand, I think I understand like the worst of it and I also can see how 
amazing it is, actually. Mm-hmm. People are very... I, I don't know if I've missed jobs because I'm a woman. I don't know if people have disrespected me because I'm a, a woman or not listened to you know the way I want a shoot to go. I feel like I've seen it, but I try to kind of turn a blind eye to that and just do what I do and mm-hmm. do it the best I can. Yeah. Because if I'm too worried about whether or not people are thinking like, oh, I'm a woman, like they don't think I can do it, then I probably like will get too caught up in that. And you're missing out on your opportunity to succeed almost yeah. in a way. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I think... You know, we, you know, Abe and I are both males, but, and like a lot of our friends in the creative industry are males. And we talk about all the times like, man, like, I know there are like creative females out there, but like, where are they at? Like, why, like, why are they not like climbing the ladder? Like, I, like, even Mackenzie, who works with us on Mouthwash and is like an amazing, amazing designer and amazing artist. Um, but we're all like always in the search, like, why, like, where are the rest of them? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I think it's just interesting to hear, like, your story in a way where it's like, yeah, like I came from a really structured like environment in the military where they, there was distinction between like male and female. Um, and then, you know, kind of move into go to pursue a journalism degree at a, like a really liberal college where like that wasn't even part of the discussion. And now like I'm in LA where, uh, is one of the most progressive cities in the United States. Um, and people are just like open and accepting to it. But I, I think it's really cool that maybe because of, uh, like your experiences that you've, maybe subconsciously have been able to just navigate, like navigate the waters and like maybe somebody who would get shut off or turned off by like a really small conversation where in which you were being discriminated against or somebody was treating you unfairly or poorly, you might be able to just look past that because like your mindset or your goal is just like, that's not part of the job right now. Like I'm just going to keep like moving forward and like just do, wake up and be the best at what I do. Um, which is really cool. Like I, and I think that's kind of like what I'm gathering from your mindset and maybe mm-hmm. that's true. Maybe it's not true, but I, I think that's the perspective you have. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to so. give Alex points for like summing up my thoughts. And making <laughs> them sound clear. <laughs> can you walk around with me? And just like, yeah, every I'll time do. I talk about something for way too long, you can just, <laughs> that was really concise. He's good at that. Yeah. I mean, I try, I, Try not to speak for people, so let me know if I'm <laughs> overstepping no, my boundaries. But so the only thing I actually thought of is like, I guess Emerson. I said like we didn't talk about gender, but we definitely talked about gender all the time. Sure. It's just obviously very opposite. Sure. Yeah. Like way more accepting instead yeah. of just like putting people in a pen exactly. or whatever. Yeah. But I grew up in the South, so it, it for me it's very different. Um, it's just I can see the disparity. Even like at my last job, I would ask or like co-workers that were female what they would get paid mm. and uh, there was a huge gap and we both had just graduated mm. college and I mean, there was like no reason why I should have been making more um so there's just that um regardless you know right whatever the title might have been we were both like you know coming out of college and stuff like that dang that's really true um, and, and same <laughs> like with my sister like um you know she's had jobs where like person that is under hers might be making the same or, or you know uh just stuff like that so um i think that's awesome that you have a good experience um because i just i, I just it's not always the case i just remembered actually <laughs> oh, here's the story here's the truth all right, so I, I think i just triggered. needed some time to think about this because yeah. i bury all of these things that are hurtful <laughs> sure. all right so i remember actually when i first got um I got this position, um, and I remember asking the guy who was before me, like, what did you make in this position? And he told me what he made in the position because I was trying to figure out what to ask for. And he'd been a really good friend of mine, and we were close enough that he could tell me, like, 
basically a rough estimate of what he made. He didn't give me like exact numbers. He told me what he started at basically. And so I was like, all right, what you started at should be what I start at. And when I asked for it, they took me down like 10, like, like they took me down by a like lot. Ten dollars, <laughs> not ten dollars. They took me down by ten thousand dollars. Damn. For dang. so that's a lot. I was making. I started like at cool. <laughs> ten thousand dollars less than he started at for a salary position. Yeah. Um, same job actually added a whole nother aspect to the job. So wow. I think that's a pretty like blatant display right. of like how somebody who has the same skills, the same background, came into the job with the same. Um, experience um, was hired in the same way. Like yeah. nothing was really different, except I had more work to do and less money to Jeez, always, get yeah, from it. That's like such a hard position too, because you can't go into it and be like, "Oh well." Like they can't know that like you had talked to somebody exactly, else about exactly. that. Exactly. So I mean, just, yeah. Even talking about it on the podcast, yeah, it's like these people. I'll still follow me. They're definitely gonna <laughs> hear, they're definitely going to hear the podcast. But in and honestly, like in, in their defense, though, right? Of course, it's something that you definitely want to bring to light and talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even in their defense, maybe there were specific reasons. Maybe they had less money that year. You sure, never know. Like sure. obviously, so they're going to justify it. But I think that's the problem. Also, is like it shouldn't be justified. It should be equal pay. It is what it board. is. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I think. Uh, even it's also really cool that you just kind of said that like oh maybe in light that they had a smaller budget this year for this position or whatever i think that really speaks to your character in a way where it's like um i think a lot of people would stop at the fact that they were like they're just offering less money to me because x y and z like um i think there's a difference between like good creatives and successful like really really great creatives in a way where they like are not gonna let anything stop them and they just wake up every single morning they put on their socks they put on their shoes just like everybody else would and they just say i'm gonna go out and be great today and i think uh you know even the way you're explaining these experiences to us is like a really cool way because a really cool way of doing it um in my in my perspective just because it's like oh emory is like not gonna be stopped by anybody or anything she's just gonna (laughs) go out and do her thing she's gonna be damn good at it um which is really cool, I think. So yeah, I think even you know it shows resilience, and regardless of the adversity, you know, your work shows that, you know, it's it's gonna be damn good no matter what. And I'm gonna name off some of the brands and projects you've done. So just gonna brag <laughs> on you for a little bit. She's covering her eyes now. <laughs> She's like, no, don't talk about it. Visco and Nike cl- collaboration, which is so sick. Um, Grizzly Bear, which is you were talking about music earlier. You found your way back somehow, which mm-hmm, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, disposable 35 millimeter film, high fashion work, um, can go on and on. Um, so I think that's awesome. You've also started to host a lot of events, which I think is super cool. Um, I was actually at one of them. Oh. Which one? The what was it? I was like I had just moved to LA. It was the Urban Outfitters one? Yes, um, we missed each other at that, right? Did I see you? Or I no, I saw you. I saw you. I saw you for really briefly. I remember. Um, yes, you did I a really now. great job. It was called Reframe, the meeting, yes. the meeting of the eyes, and yes. it was like an all woman panel, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, shout out to those women. <laughs> yeah, they sure. were like badass. If y'all, if y'all need <laughs> creatives, women creatives who are great, yo, like, hit us up. I have, I have an arsenal. <laughs> These women that I work with and know are incredible. That's awesome. All better than me for sure. Oh, man, you're <laughs> I can humble. find lots of people to take my place in this in this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> No, but it's, yeah, it's cool. I think that, I think Abe and I, when we were doing like a little bit of research on you, we were like, man, like, it's so cool that you can, you know, kind of just go out and get work with people like the Visco Nike collaboration or like you do a lot of stuff with Apple or the photo Adidas walk stuff. And Adidas and all yeah, stuff. Yeah, like all this crazy stuff. Um, it's also really interesting too that you have such like a wide range and vast array of like, 
um, doing music, fashion, like events, Product. more brand, pro- yeah, like all this crazy stuff. Um, do you ever feel as if you're going like crazy by like the amount of different kinds of things that you're doing, or how do you like specifically hone in on? Because stylistically, a lot of your stuff looks like really great, like on brand, like the aesthetic is like really uh, similar in a way. Um, but also you can tell you're shooting for like a, whether you're, or not you're shooting for a brand or high fashion. I think you do a really good job of um, playing into like the client that you're working for. And so what is like, what do you think? Uh, how do you like tackle that, I guess, in a way where it's like, OK, whether I'm doing a shoot for Nike or whether I'm doing a shoot for Apple or whether I'm doing a shoot for, you know, whatever. How do I kind of make this all look like Emery's work? Um, but also like making sure that it's it's healthy for the client and that they want that as well. Mm-hmm. So thing. This is how you have a podcast. This is good questions. I I think that I'm gonna put that part that you said about like catering to the client's needs or whatever mm-hmm. on my like resume or something next time <laughs> I yeah. need a job. But Emery with Emery's work. <laughs> That's so funny to think about because I think it's interesting because everyone everyone wants to develop a style, right? And then people are like, You have a style, I can see it. But I, I feel like it's it's only a style because I feel like I consistently try to do me as much as possible. Sure. If if a if a client comes to me, let's say I'm working with Reebok, mm-hmm. and they say we have this campaign and it's about you know these shoes, like go at it. That's usually what like it's it's usually very, like, very free. Vague. It's like yeah. here's the shoes, shoot them, or mm-hmm. here's like a mm. couple of outfits from some brand it's like can you just shoot it like and usually it's a pretty like open invitation to d- do however i want to do it so i think that helps like the visco nike collab was one of the most incredible experiences for it's freaking amazing love, it's like love, the love best photo that. series oh, ever you guys are <laughs> i'm sh- like over here getting hyped <laughs> pretty sure like it's somewhere on my saved like instagram like tab oh it's in all my saved questions <laughs> <laughs> i'm like save bookmark 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 yeah that's cool Thanks, guys. <laughs> so that shoot was really fun i worked with all women on it um awesome. basically visco came to me and they were like we're doing this collab with nike um, we want you to shoot like whatever inspires you when you look at these shoes. Cool. They wanted it to be futuristic and they wanted it to be high fashion. Mm-hmm. And that was those those were like that was the brief. Can all briefs be like that? Right? Just, yeah, Give me like seriously. two keywords and the product <laughs> Everybody and go listening. At it. And money. Only Lots of money. <laughs> a lot of money. Like. Um they didn't give me a lot of money. They gave me a little bit of money. I thought this is terrible. Photographers. Okay, so they sent me the they sent me the budget, and I thought it was my rate. <laughs> oh no! It was the budget for the whole shoot. Oh, so goodness. I um, I location scouted it. I hired a production manager. I hired um, models. All my friends, um, all women. I I, hired, I tried to. I didn't intentionally do it. I think that's just my natural instinct was to reach out to the women I knew who could help me shoot. That's great. Um, and so we did that whole shoot just with the idea was just based off of me looking at the the shoes and then getting on phone calls with Nike and Visco and telling them I I, t- I think I told them like five different ideas. The first one involved children and they were like, "We don't think you should do children." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can. They're like, "That's not really the campaign." I was right. like, "Okay, so yeah. no children." No children. I don't think you legally can though. To shoot children? I mean, you, you can't can. advertise children. Or Why? Or, like, put them in advertising. Interesting. What about for, like, kids' I'm, campaigns? I'm assuming that you know this. Cause I, you I went to advertising agency. school. Yeah. Um, so, like, it, there's a lot of restrictions because, like... They're minorities and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Unless like, it's a kids' product, not pretty much. 
right? Yeah, and even then, like, you have to, like, get, like, a lot of, like, parent consent mm-hmm. and all that. So I sh- that's why brands you are generally, like, mm, let's steer away from kids. I definitely, especially Nike, they're probably yeah. like, Ugh. Um, I actually shot a kids' clothing campaign before, which was interesting. Hmm. Um, I shoot a lot of stuff that doesn't I know, go on the it, internet, it's all you like, You're, like, pulling it out of, look- um, out of the wardrobe. Like, I oh. shot a lookbook for this Colombian brand um, last year in the desert. We shot three days um full full crew full setup they the production company that hired me has hired me for a couple of commercial shoots that have never seen the light of day as far as my portfolio goes i'm not sure why i think it's just because it's so far out of the realm of what i'm putting out as work Mm -hmm. so even though it's all like multi-team like big budget shoots for like one of the brands was tivo the TiVo oh, yeah. boxes, like I've shot like a lot of commercial things, but like I'm not putting TiVo boxes on my portfolio. Yeah. Like it's literally product shots. You only put your favorite, like your favorite. You yes. only want to like yeah. publish the work that you actually want to get paid. <laughs> exactly, to do. but yeah. I mean, I I mean, you definitely want to get paid to do commercial shoots, but not not like that. <laughs> um, not not where like you have literal like shots that you're supposed to be replicating for the client. Right. So what you're trying to say is, you don't just get like super 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 cool gigs all the time yes okay. that's dope that's Thank good you. that's true Repeat i don't that for only get super cool like, i get a if lot I'm looking of at your website i'm like <laughs> how does god she damn like, <laughs> <laughs> every client that contacts me is super yeah. cool no i shoot a lot of boring shoots um i it's like the cool kid that's uh, the, boring isn't even the word because the I, table <laughs> like or like it's all brand, like. it's all good though like yeah. even though there might not be brands that we want to be represented by mm-hmm. i think it's I think it's good to shoot things that aren't always super cool. Like agreed. Yeah, I mean, a, a, you worked at Richards Group. How many brands did you shoot for that you? They like, have like so about? many, like southern brands that you might not even know of. But like you know, um, but, yeah. But like at the, I think at the end of the day, it's like every time we touch a camera, or anytime we touch, get a chance to like touch lighting or do any of that stuff, right. it's like we're always getting better, so that we can prepare ourselves for this shoot in which we get the Nike chance or we get the break with Apple or mm-hmm. whatever. And so, I think it's easy for us to like. Be like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, no, that's that's whack. Like, I'm not doing that. But at right. the same time, it's like, how do we go into every opportunity being like, oh, I can learn from this. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean? Exactly. And yeah. I think the Visco Nike shoot tends to come up like a lot. I think I did it at the beginning of the year. It comes up a lot. But the interesting thing is like, it, it was just a collab. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, it was pretty low budget. Yeah. It was just like, it seemed, it was honestly pretty low key, but like it was my, it was like somebody gave me money and somebody gave me freedom to do something, and I was not about to like you allow that to yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was not al- about to let that slip through my hands. So I think that that was the lesson for me is like just do it. And it was so rewarding, but I cried. I cried like five times while what? I was. It, it was <laughs> it was really Why? it was really stressful. stressful. Or like the shots yeah. were like so beautiful. Like, no, beautiful. <laughs> Wait, was it ju- was it just like you were trying to like get like a really specific? Were things just like not working out? Or, it like, was it was like. So I had never produced a shoot that big by myself, okay. and I had been on shoots that big. I, I knew what I needed. I knew I needed a makeup artist. I knew I needed a model. Um, they said they needed at least two models, so I knew I needed two models. I knew I needed like I knew I needed like all these people to do these things for the shoot, but I didn't really know necessarily how to go about getting them and scheduling them. So the first thing I reached out to was models because that seemed to be the most important thing like the people it's a shoot for people so they were available on opposite days and one of them was like 
$500, but that was only like the fee for like the first hour. Jeez and then it Louise. was a lot more for like the usage and rights. And no one would sign off to the usage because they were like, the usage was like lifetime, eternal, all copyright. It was yeah. like this crazy broad usage statement. So um, I'm probably like destroying every NDA in the world right now. Oh I don't gosh. even know. <laughs> but um, I don't feel like I'm saying anything too specific. No, we're good. But um, <laughs> yeah, so the the shoot just was so stressful to plan. I didn't, I couldn't get people to be on the same page. Um, my makeup artist decided to charge me for, I, I asked her for, uh, dang, I shouldn't even talk about like, cause everyone can just go look up everything, but uh, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like the best way to describe this. But basically people who I thought would help me right. realize that it was a very collaborative, low budget shoot, yeah. just saw Nike and Visco and um, expected it to be very well paid, I think. Yeah. And when I couldn't afford it, I think they took it personally or thought maybe I was keeping the money or right. like this like, girl's, you know, trying to like finesse hide right one. Yeah. You know? Oh, I'm yeah. not sure. Maybe I think honestly, I think all of my friends and a lot of the women that I work with are all at a point in their life where they're like, I, I don't accept less than this. This is my rate. And I know you're my friend, but I have to make money and this is what I accept. And if you're on a shoot that is um, under that budget, mm -hmm. like maybe we can talk about it but for the most part like hit me up when you have a shoot that's within yeah. the rate that I charge sure and I respect that I think that's important I think that as artists we should do that as creatives you should stick to your guns with what your rate is and if your friends come at you and they want you to do a shoot for half your rate or maybe as a hookup and you can't do it then you have to say no and hope that they don't mm -hmm. take it personally yeah because we all know that we feel the same way, I think. Yeah. It goes it, off the market, too. The mm -hmm. entire creative industry is built off of favors. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, and I know, like, we're all guilty of asking our friends, like, hey, can you just, like, hand model for this real quick? Or can you do this or that? And I think at the end of the day, it's like, if man, if somebody's getting paid, everybody's going to get paid. And if not everybody's getting paid, mm -hmm. then the job's just not going to get done. Exactly. Um, which I think is, like, a lesson that nobody is fully learned yet and if right. they have hit me up because i'm trying to learn from yeah. you <laughs> i mean with that shoot like i i didn't take any of the budget i oh, put wow. it all into the production the models the location the makeup the hair like m that was a passion project for me yeah. entirely because you were so concerned about the final product as opposed to you walking away for with sure kind of money right <laughs> yeah definitely i didn't i mean you don't need i mean i think that's like they say like when you work with Kanye, he pretty much is like, wait, you're asking for money? You're working with Kanye. Yeah, like, and everyone yeah. thinks they're going to get a ton of money when they work with like these really big artists. And a lot of them are like, no, you should be happy with the fact that right, like, like, I'm giving you an opportunity to do this. And that's kind of messed up, to be honest. Like, You have the money, probably. Yeah. You should give it. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, I think I've started to expect that with big brands. Is sure. you, you just have to realize that they, they're not going to give you... <laughs> They're going to be very low ball when it comes to how they pay you as a creative, especially if you're somebody who's up and coming and yeah. doesn't have a lot of clout yet and doesn't have a manager, doesn't have I somebody love fighting for you. Clout is like the word clout. of it. We've said it at least once every, every episode. episode I'm sure. <laughs> Someone can fact check me, but pretty nah, sure. Clout is, clout is definitely a buzzword. <laughs> clout score. Yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. I think that's true. But the plus side even if they don't pay a lot i think long term those do get you jobs in the future which is the benefit and why people will always do those jobs yeah it's a exactly. weird it's, i think it's a weird balance because there's you know there's some people who always say like don't ever do free work like don't ever do that but then right. there's you know and then you and then you get the other side where it's like okay like 
tell me to say no to Nike and Visco right now. Like, I dare you. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't technically free, but it ended up like... Exactly. Like, they, they planned on paying me. Yeah. It's well, yeah. not like... It wasn't. It, it's what I did with the money. Right. That was yeah. my own choice. And and maybe maybe I, I can definitely... We can talk to the other women who did that shoot and mm-hmm. figure out, like... I mean, those women are definitely women who I respect and have a lot of... Um, I've followed all of them, like, for a long time. They're definitely my peers and people who I look up to. So just seeing like different ways that the shoot was approached too is interesting. I feel like Visco must have like a arsenal of like just ways like <laughs> Visco has so much knowledge on like all the creatives. I'm They're always amazing. like the way that they are able to like um, use like all of, like they've worked with so many people, so they have so We've much all been insight. Featured by Visco, right? Yeah, yeah. Like they know all of us somehow. <laughs> Visco has been just like the community leader in a way, and they've yeah. they've sort of like as as soon as Instagram started to get popular, that's that's when Visco came in. So like we're talking about getting like yo, yo remember Snapseed? I for sure use Snapseed. I still I use Snapseed. You gotta desaturate those okay. whites, bro. I use Snapseed <laughs> for the, <laughs> the the heel tools. The heel, the heel tool tools is pretty amazing. good in there, and the transform tool. It's like the only. Oh, ad. transforms way better. Yeah, but I feel like Visco just kind of put them out because like. It created. They created a culture. Like Snapseed right, had no culture. Yeah, Snapseed is an app. Like it's like uh, the Photoshop mobile app. Yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah, it's good, but you don't like. People were like trying to like tag themselves to be like included on Visco, and like I think that's really cool that they've created a brand where people like I want to be a part of this. Like, yeah. please hit me up. Like, drop my line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Every time Visco reach out reaches out to me, I, I always tell them like. Y'all do so much. I really appreciate like the way that you really support artists. Yeah, like, they really do. We, they give they give like paid jobs to artists. They put their work out there. They give them connections. They they really do. The people who work at Visco really do put a lot of work into keeping their ear on the ground. They have so many people who are just going through all of those photos that are uploaded to the Visco. Yeah. It's so funny you say that because we're actually going to bring on someone from Visco. Uh, oh, yeah. Transitions. Transitions. Yes. Yeah, it's this should be like connect. the next episode. <laughs> Already transitioning. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, speaking of social and all that stuff, uh, you and I were just talking about trying not to have a podcast before the podcast. But what you and I were talking about, it's like, oh man, like, uh, you know, we're doing a magazine and a podcast and we're like, yeah, we were just like trying to get away from just like internet. <laughs> like what you're saying, it's like, it's been like seven years of just like taking a picture or posting on Instagram and it's so empty when you like post a picture and like you scroll past it after five minutes and like, there's the end of that. Like it doesn't live on forever anymore. At most, at most. Like 10 seconds. Maybe put it on your website. And yeah. Some people only put it on the, like maybe put it on their website. Yeah. I don't know. I'm bad at updating my website. I don't know about you guys. But, um, yeah, like, for you, Emery, do you think, like, where do you think the transition is in what was once, like, everybody was, like, creating work and posting it on the internet and putting it on Instagram? Like, how do you think, um, do you think those people who have solely relied on that are going to fizzle out? And if they don't, like, what's the next, like, what's the next wave, do you think, of, like, people that's a real, being able dude, to share work? That's a really hard question. I'm on it tonight, man. <laughs> right? I'm on it. You are not holding back. Well, okay, it. maybe, maybe like, maybe it. not generally for everybody, but maybe just for you. Like, where do, you, where do you see yourself, like, publishing your work and continuing to, like, grow and, like, being proud of the things you've done? Because, like, obviously the internet is, like, this gaping black hole where, like, all our dreams go to die. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Tragic. <laughs> gonna say far be it from me to to judge whether somebody fizzles out but i think that the the thing is really like the internet is 
that it's the internet i think as we start to enter an age that's a lot more augmented where the internet is a huge part of our everyday lives and continues to be and probably will continue to be i i definitely see a lot of people trying to get us far away from it as they can in some ways mm -hmm. And I've had a lot more people reaching out to me lately who, who want to do art galleries or get together for functions and um, just like almost like a, a, like a cry of people just being like, we need to meet up in person. Yeah. Like we got to talk. We got to like, even if it's like uh, photo meetups or just like people having like kickbacks and stuff, it's, it's a lot of people who are like, we're so sick of the internet. Like we yeah. don't want to talk to you on the internet. We want to talk in person, like come to this um yoga meeting or whatever it is yeah. I get invites to stuff all the time just people who are like the whole premise of the invite is like let's meet in real life yeah um and also speaking of art galleries I think I think that's a beautiful thing for a photographer if you've never printed your work print print some things yeah. buy I bought a printer for $30 at the beginning of the year off Craigslist picked it up from this woman in Hollywood took it back home and printed off literally like my whole portfolio on like cheap paper yeah. and but put it, it probably felt good yeah it just it felt good because I was like alright this is trash this is trash this is trash <laughs> this is trash and it, it felt like, good to realize that like all my stuff was trash <laughs> first of oh, all man. I mean that's like a deep statement sure. I'm sure but like I got rid of my closet this year I got rid of like uh, my portfolio definitely doesn't look the same as it did at the beginning of the year um but I'm I'm still on that process with my online presence. Like I'm trying to cut out everything that's not really me, and that's a hard thing to do. Um, it's because, hard to let go. Yeah, it's hard to let go of the clutter. But I feel like you need to constantly be changing and evolving in order to grow. And that's my goal is to just continue to grow. I think you talked about style, and I'm not sure if I if I have a style, but my goal is to have quality work cool. and to put time and effort into something that's going to last longer than maybe like a 10 second scroll on Instagram. And if that means starting, you know, hosting events or mm -hmm. maybe having galleries or jumping on a podcast, like, like jumping know, on just a podcast, weird stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> weird stuff weird, yeah. Things with weird these. Things. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I think you're yeah. doing a good job. Um, <laughs> especially like just seeing like just from the time I moved to LA, all the events that you've hosted and, and, um, it's been a good amount. Um, just exciting to see what like the future holds for you. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think you're doing great. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, I mean, you're you're definitely Killing somebody. It. I mean, you're de <laughs> you're definitely somebody that you, uh, like we look up to. And I I don't like I don't know if we even had like any mutual friends. And this is like my first time meeting you in real life. But um, you know, like I knew you from like Visco, like always featuring you and. Um, yeah, you just got like the We Are the Creators series. Yeah, like the We Are the Creators series and that stuff like so that. Hard. It was so hard. It was so cool though. Like it was awesome. And so right. I think like when I think of like, oh, Emery's like chick in LA that is like killing it. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and whether it feels like that or not, like I think you're doing better cool. than you think you are. And I think that, um, you know, from Abe and I's perspective, we were like super, like we were super excited to talk to you. And I I'm think just, this conversation. We're just going to beat a dead horse. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. We're just going to like. Because <laughs> we are. No, we are. No, y'all uh, are the dopest. <laughs> this is a great like confidence boost podcast. Um, <laughs> no, I think. Yeah. So this is your first podcast, if I'm correct? Yes. It's my first podcast. All right, I ask this every time and I never know what, to, what I'm going to expect back. Um, so choose wisely. But how would you rate this? One out of ten. For being your first podcast, based uh, on your performance in based our, on and ours, ours. minus Alex's, minus my, me, my performance. 
All right. Well, Alex is a 10 for sure. No. Yeah. Oh. Uh, sorry. That means I can't get better. Abraham definitely also okay. a 10. Like, the questions <laughs> okay. were all on point. You made me feel really good. You get a 10 for just all of the compliments. So I was like, added up real fast. Wow. That's good. I, uh, not usually what a compliment. So that's all. I'll yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, someone's probably out there hearing this and we're like, what the fuck? This dude is so fake. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. it's really cool. It's actually like it's it's nice to hear that like people appreciate your work. It, it, yeah, it's yeah. you you hear it sometimes, but like Instagram comments of like uh, nice work. What's this sign? Yeah, okay nice work. You. Excellent, oh. good photo. Like if after a while, that starts to sound like the same, and you're like, is this good? I don't well, know. Yeah. Only two hundred people like it. So. <laughs> half of them are probably bots. <laughs> yeah, people are doing that. But yeah, yeah. No, Instagram is a whole other world. We're not gonna get in that black hole again. But sounds good. Yeah. So. Thank you. Thank so you. I would rate the whole... Po- okay, so my performance. Dang. So, well, that's difficult because I'm my hugest critic, yeah, of course, was just as we all yeah. are. Um, I would say I had a few misses here and there, um, and I would give myself a 7.6. That's a very, very exact, like... That's very, I don't know. What very precise. Yeah, I very rate a lot precise. of things. That's, that's the thing. <laughs> Ask me to rate anything. I will rate this tomato. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a 4.5. But only because of it coming in this. And it's, it's actually a out. really good. It's actually a really good. <laughs> I don't know. I've been had like five of carrots. them. Um, but okay. So last opportunity. Yes. Is there anything else that you'd like to say um, before we hit the outro? Oof. Words to the wise. Words to the wise. Oh man, that's the best part. Is like wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> wisdom is cool. Okay, so um, I think. What I've been learning lately, what's been pounded into me over and over again, is that, first of all, you you got to figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. That's a very, I've always thought a very difficult thing to do. I don't think I ever even tried until this year. I think it was kind of like this big concept, like, figure out who you are. Yeah. Um, so I think if you can learn how to do that, and I think that's just asking yourself a lot of questions. Mm. Do I like this? Do I want to do this? Is this fun for me? Like... Um, how did I start doing this? Why do I wake up at this time? Why do I eat this food? Mm. Like just asking why in every situation and choosing in that moment based off of what you know to take the best possible step forward and knowing that this is the only moment that you have. Mm. You have this present moment and you can choose only in this moment. The past, you can't choose anything differently. It already exists. The future doesn't exist. So if you spend all your time in those two places, then you're missing out on wow. life. Wow. That's awesome. That's, <laughs> that's the most wise thing I heard today. It was deep. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Emery, thank you so much for joining us. I'm um, super excited uh, to just like see what you do and uh, let's grab coffee sometime. Yes. Sound please. good? Cool. Uh, you guys, for all you listening, you guys can find Emery's work at Emery Traffy um, on Instagram and at emerytraffy.com. Um, she is going to continue killing it whether she likes it or not <laughs> but I like it awesome cool thanks thanks for joining us yeah, thanks again for having yep. thanks again for listening to the Mouthwash Podcast as always all of our sound and music is done by Brandon Miranda you can find more of his work at soundcloud.com slash Brandon underscore Miranda and for more information follow us on social media or check us out at mouthwash.co <laughs>